You know, with the convenience of payroll deductions and employer matching contributions, workplace retirement plans such as 401ks and similar plans have proven to be the most effective way to promote savings. However, millions of U.S. workers aren't offered a retirement plan by their employers. Welcome back to ClearPath, your roadmap to health and wealth. I'm your host, Al Waller. And joining me today is Catherine Collinson, founding CEO and president of Nonprofit Transamerica Institute and its Transamerica Center for Retirement Studies. And she'll be sharing her insights and tips on how workers can save in tax-advantaged retirement accounts, even if they don't have access to a 401k. But before we get started, just a reminder that we'd love to hear from you and learn what topics you would like us to cover or to simply give us feedback on this episode. So please drop either Catherine or me a note at info at transamericacenter.org. Well, Catherine, a lot to cover on this subject. So how do you suggest we start framing this pretty expansive issue? Let's start at the beginning. Our most recent survey of workers of for-profit companies yielded striking findings when we compared workers who are offered a 401k or similar plan with workers who are not offered retirement benefits. Specifically, here's what we found. Almost 9 in 10 workers, 89% who are offered a plan by their employer are saving for retirement, compared with just 44% of workers without benefits. That's fewer than half. Looking at total household savings and retirement accounts, workers who are offered a plan have saved an estimated median of $85,000 compared with just $10,000 among those without retirement benefits. That's a whopping eight and a half times difference. And Catherine, those numbers are staggering. So suffice to say, you've got my undivided attention. Now, what else did your survey uncover? As I noted, fewer than half of workers who are not offered benefits are saving for retirement. Among the 44% who are saving, many are missing out on opportunities to save in tax-advantaged retirement accounts. For example, only about a third of them are saving in an individual retirement account, or IRA. Well, I don't know about you, but this seems like a perfect jumping off spot to discuss and explain IRAs, right? Let's do it, Al. IRAs allow you to make tax-deferred investments to provide financial security when you retire. For workers not offered benefits by their employers, there are two types of IRAs to consider, traditional IRAs and Roth IRAs. I'll explain each of them one at a time. The IRS defines a traditional IRA as a tax-advantaged personal savings plan. The contributions you make may be fully or partially deductible from your income, depending on your filing status and income. Generally, the amounts in your traditional IRA, including the investment earnings and gains, will not be taxed until you take a distribution or withdrawal in retirement. However, if you take a withdrawal before age 59 and a half, you will pay ordinary income taxes on the amount withdrawn and possibly a 10% penalty. 
A Roth IRA is also a tax-advantaged personal savings plan. The contributions are not deductible from your income, but qualified distributions or withdrawals will be tax-free when you retire, specifically for those who are age 59 and a half and older and whose accounts have been in place for at least five years. Before meeting that time requirement, you can withdraw the contributions you made to your Roth IRA without taxes and penalties. However, you may be subject to taxes and potential penalties on the account's investment earnings. I'd also like to flag an important note. Roth IRAs are not available to higher income earners. Good to know. So then how much would someone be allowed to save in a traditional or Roth IRA? The IRS establishes annual contribution limits. For 2023, individuals can save up to $6,500 in a traditional or Roth IRA. The limit is the same for both. For individuals age 50 and older, you can make a catch-up contribution of up to $1,000 on top of the $6,500, which brings the total amount to $7,500. I'll also note that catch-up contributions can be especially helpful for older individuals who are seeking to boost their savings before retirement. Okay, I follow you there. So uh, what would be some of the considerations for folks choosing between a traditional or a Roth IRA? Al, it's a matter of personal preference. For some people, a traditional IRA may be more appealing because they can deduct contributions from their current income and lower their current tax bill. Down the road when they retire, of course, they will pay ordinary income taxes when taking withdrawals. Regarding the Roth IRA, some people prefer to pay income taxes now so they can take withdrawals in retirement tax-free. This scenario can be especially appealing to younger savers because it allows them to grow their savings over a long-term time horizon with tax-free withdrawals in retirement. For savers of all ages, the Roth IRA also offers a greater level of predictability in tax planning for retirement. Got it. Why don't we start here with the basics in terms of how someone goes about opening up an IRA? You can set up an IRA through a bank, credit union, brokerage firm, or other financial institution. It's a good idea to comparison shop to learn about the investments, services, education, and guidance that's offered, as well as the account fees and expenses. Once you've made your decision, then it's a matter of filling out the paperwork and funding the account. Exactly. And I think one of the more compelling and if not attractive features of a 401k is the convenience of payroll deduction as contributions are automatically deducted from each paycheck and deposited into the plan. But in thinking about the need to fund IRAs, I'm more than a little concerned that people being, well, people or human, um, tend to get busy, procrastinate, or just simply forget. Oh, you're absolutely right. That's an astute observation that behavioral economists have proven time and again. The good news for IRA savers is there's a way to automate your savings. Here's how you can do it. Simply start by estimating how much you intend to save for the year. For example, you want to save up to the $6,500 limit. Divide that number by 12 monthly payments, which is approximately or really exactly $541.66 per month. 
Then set up a monthly automatic fund transfer from your checking account to your IRA in that amount. There's also another potential option. If your employer offers direct deposit of your paycheck to multiple accounts, you could direct a portion of your paycheck to the IRA and the remainder of your paycheck to your checking account. In exploring these options, your IRA provider should be able to offer instructions and tips on how to accomplish this. Well, thanks, Catherine. And speaking of tips, would you mind sharing some of your insights uh, regarding the saver's credit? Sure, Al. Individuals saving in an IRA may benefit from the saver's credit, a tax credit for retirement savers who meet certain income and eligibility requirements. In a nutshell, the saver's credit is a tax benefit above and beyond the other tax advantages of IRAs that we've been talking about. For our listeners who are not yet familiar with the Savers Credit, check out our podcast episode on the topic. Agreed. I think our listeners will be very pleasantly surprised at the number of benefits available in the Savers Credit. Now, what other tips have you got in store for us today? In recent years, an additional tax-advantaged opportunity has made its way to the forefront, health savings accounts, or HSAs. If you are enrolled in a high-deductible health insurance plan, you may be eligible to save in an HSA. These tax-advantaged accounts enable you to make tax-deductible contributions and tax-free withdrawals for qualified medical expenses. While most people are using HSAs to cover current medical expenses, you can also allow the HSA to grow tax-free over the long term for use in retirement. Once you turn 65, any withdrawals you make for medical purposes from an HSA will be tax-free, just as they are at any other age. However, once you turn 65, any withdrawals you make for non-medical expenses will be taxed as ordinary income. These are some really important points to bear in mind. Uh, So, Catherine, any final words of wisdom you'd like to share before we wrap up this episode? Of course there are, Al. We've covered so many topics. For everyone out there who's not yet offered a 401k, I just want to point out help is on the way. Recent legislation, the Secure 2.0 Act of 2022, makes it easier and more affordable for employers to offer retirement benefits to their employees. And the new law imposes more stringent requirements for employers to extend retirement plan eligibility to their long-term part-time employees. Also, a growing number of states are implementing state-facilitated retirement savings programs to expand access. So, Al, there is help on the way. In the meantime, if you're not offered a plan, you can still save. On this podcast, we've talked about tax-advantaged retirement accounts, but there's other ways to save too. Do your homework to learn about your options and determine the approach that best meets your needs. And as always, remember, it's never too soon or too late to start saving. Once again, Sage Counsel from Catherine Collinson. And my thanks to you again, Catherine, for joining us. As always, it's been very insightful. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is brought to you by Transamerica Institute, a nonprofit private foundation dedicated to identifying, researching, and educating the public about health and wellness, employment, financial literacy, 
longevity, and retirement. You can find our weekly podcast on WIPR's website and mobile app, wherever you get your podcasts, and at transamericainstitute.org forward slash podcast. Clear Path, your roadmap to health and wealth is produced by the Transamerica Institute with assistance from WIPR. The information provided here is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as insurance, securities, ERISA, tax, investment, legal, medical, or financial advice or guidance.